All right. Welcome to episode number 77 of the Narcissistic Music Disorder. Nice, man. 77. You're getting up to that 100 number, and that's that's <laughs> when you get your credibility. I'm sure when you get your credibility, too, you'll make changes at the show. I'm sure once you're a credible source for music knowledge, you'll partner up with someone else. Probably Denny oh. Smith. You'll probably oh, call Denny well, Smith I mean... into the fold. When the, when the show first started, I had two hosts in mind, and since neither one of them could do it, I called you. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. But that's <laughs> that's cool. I can take that. I can take that. I can be. I can be. That's you know. Completely. I can untrue. be. You know. I can be third choice of guys like Kreppel or Pete Dunning or Chico or whoever your partners were going to be. See if they put still up. Can't, I still can't believe you responded to my uh, Facebook Messenger question of does this sound cool to you (laughs) well of course man i was in i knew i i have made a lifetime of riding people's coattails and surrounding me with people who are smarter and better and more talented than me and then i get a little bit (laughs) then i get a little bit of that residual and that's really all i need just a just a little bit of residual you know coolness to keep me feeling good about myself so i don't you know check out early but anyhow so what are we talking about today dude the 90s. God, dude, I love the well, 90s. Specifically, like uh, one off bands or records and um, kind of know, obscurities, right? Of the yeah. 90s, yeah, that we liked. And... So you're going to, I mean, you're going to hate everything I say. We should preface right now. Probably. Because here's why. In the 90s, I mean, I was, I struggled in the 90s because I got hip to the 90s are when alt country really got me. Um, the late 80s, very late 80s into the 90s, I was in like big time. I think it's the 90s would be when, again, I don't remember saying it, but Todd says that I said that I didn't like rock and roll anymore. Um, I would, um, I mean, I was that deep in as well. I, I didn't, um, get into Tupelo until later. But I was into, you know, Jason and the Scorchers in the late 80s. Yeah, And then got into Todd in 94. That's where I really got deep into the all-country world was Todd. Was Todd. And by the time I saw Todd Snyder, um, I'd heard Talking Seattle Grunge Blues. You know, I heard that on like a a morning radio show. Like it was almost like a comedy song. Yeah, it was probably on Bob and Tom or something. That feels, yeah, that feels right. And it's, yeah, it's just a total. Jerry Jeff Walker has a song called "Ramblin' Scramblin," and that song is just a ripoff of that song. Well, Jerry was, Jeff was his hero, right? So you know, it was a great song, and and I had by that time I was well into it. You know, I was well into Lucinda Williams, Jayhawks, Joe Henry, um, you know, of course, Jason and the Scorchers, and. Blue Rodeo and the Beat Farmers. I mean, I could go on and on, but there was there was a lot of music I liked in the '90s that, like right now, my wife hates. She calls it like either like mopey. Some of it was mopey. Some of it seemed kind of pretentious, I guess. Um, you know that she like for an example. Let's just dive. Can we dive right in? Sure. Okay, because these guys aren't um uh, these guys are not obscure. They're not on my list. They're none of that. But I want to use them as, excuse me, as an example. My wife hates, hates the Counting Crows. Okay. The reason is, 
and and this will tell you how different we are. I um, I was house sitting with a girlfriend at the time, and the video for Mr. Jones came on. Do you remember that off the top of your head? Can you see that video in your mind's eye? Yes, I can. You know, fringy jacket, right? You can see him yes. right now. And remember how he dances and his whole thing? Um, I thought it was so cool that I called my girlfriend at work at the time, because, you know, this is before cell phones, and I was like, oh, my God, I just saw that you got to check this out. And, <laughs> and by the time she got to the house we were house-sitting at, the video had rolled up. Maybe it was in rotation, right? Like every hour or something had popped by at some point, and we, saw, we bought the record the next day. And I fell in love with August and everything after the Counting Crows album. Um, yes. My wife cannot stand it, thinks that he's pretentious, hates his dirty hair, hates his dancing around, <laughs> all of it. So that being said, so that sort of stuff, like the Counting Crows and stuff like that in the 90s really got me too. There was a lot of that I really, really liked. Now, they were not obscure by any stretch, but so you'll know at least where my head was at a little bit when I start rattling some of this stuff off. Um, okay, what's what's yeah. your number one? What's your well, first was, pick? Well, I don't, I don't really have any sort of list. I just um, remember things that like I was into because I was still hanging on until probably, I mean, I was into the pumpkins and like, I got into them in like 91 or 92. Cool band. Um, but cool band. I wasn't all, I wasn't all in on like, I got into Nirvana in like 90, probably I like, I did see my least favorite album is um, the most popular. Never mind. Yeah. Um, Bleach is my favorite. Then probably Unplugged. Then probably Incesticide. Then In Utero. Then never mind. Can I say something? Yeah. I never liked Nirvana. Nirvana was better than Pearl Jam. Well, that's. Um, <laughs> let let stop. stop. You don't get to just say stuff like that and just roll on with your, your. That's Peter Cooper. I didn't say that's a Peter Cooper song. So let me say this. Let me say this. Yes and no. I mean, I think Nirvana. Yes. I mean, first of all, everyone was saying how groundbreaking Nirvana was, right? Groundbreaking. This is groundbreaking. Voice of a generation. I was when I heard voice of a generation I didn't buy that at all that was um well that was as as excessive as saying that radio had saved rock and roll exactly exactly so Nirvana (laughs) Nirvana was good don't get me wrong dude and in hindsight I like some of that stuff more now than I did then but the thing is it just sounded like I mean it was garage rock to me and punk you know it wasn't super so why did I like Pearl Jam more than Nirvana? The problem, Pearl Jam was probably more... Ugh, because I, you're more of a Neil Young Who fan. Exactly. I was just going to say, dude... you are a punky fan. Than a punky I mean, fan. And, and, you're into the... You know, you like the Clash and things like that, I, I, but you didn't go dude, deep. You didn't no. you into the Dead Boys and things like no, that. No, dude, so. nope. I'm going to tell you, my punk looks like this. It's the Pistols. It's the Clash. It's the Ramones. It's the Stooges. It's, uh, you know, it's that. It's never... It's the kit that you send away for that you get an Dude, email right there. literally, I'll tell you what, that's... <laughs> you know why? Because I came up... Don't forget, my favorite band, band of all time, all time, is the Beatles. So I came up weaned, dude, on songs with structure and parts and movements and... And then even Bot Rock would give me the big power, orchestrated power ballads and the rockers 
the Rockers had enough pistols and clash and punky stuff, you know, but they were still yeah. had bridges and middle sections and breakdowns and all. So my ear was trained to compositions, I think, that were maybe a little more um, that moved more. Whereas punk was, especially, you know, we're talking Ramones um, and and Pistols and stuff. You know, those are pretty straightforward. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, the thing. To, so that's why I, no, I have no, dude, I have no punk rock credibility whatsoever. None. None. Me neither, really. Okay, so I'm sorry. We, yeah, see, we were both talking before we started that, oh, you know, we don't really have lists. It, it's never really a problem filling time for you and I. <laughs> so so I'm what sorry. about the um so yeah what, so i was into uh bands like that and then this band came out in like 90 91 i think um called shooting gallery it was it was one they did two records but i think but i only have the one it's self-titled it was um andy mccoy which is why i bought it hanoi rocks yep and then um the drummer and bass player from the Psychedelic Furs. So, so it was kind of a super group. And then the, the lead singer was Billy Bang. The uh, They had a touring guitar player that when they opened for Kiss, but I don't remember his name. But um, they did a cover of Brown Eyed Girl, which was really cool. Wow. And oh, it's Paul Garista is the drummer from Psychedelic Furs. It's so sad that I know that. Um, <laughs> that is NMD at its finest. I know the name of the drummer for the psychedelic furs. And then, yeah, so they just did the that one cool record um, with Billy Bang, and then he left. I don't. I think his name is like real name is like Billy Williams or something like that. Um, Billy Billy. Yeah, Billy G Bang was his. <laughs> nice. Um, back when you know nicknames were popular in in bands. Oh yeah. Like you're, Steve Steeman Clark and, or you know Johnny Jet. You're talking to Johnny, Johnny Jet right now, baby. But so you had records like that. And then I remember you know last show, I think I said there was that one off record that didn't stand the test of time with the famous people's kids. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. It was the band was called Bloodline. It was oh, Barry I remember Oakley that. Jr. Dude, I remember it was Barry that. Oakley Jr. on bass, and then Miles Son on drums. Robbie Krieger's kid on guitar, Joe smoking Joe Bonamassa on guitar, and then um, the a keyboard player who yes, didn't dude, have a famous dude, dad. Yes, I remember that band. I totally remember yes. that band. So I looked it up because yeah. I I have the record. But totally I remember, remember that the band. name of the band. Yep. So it's very dated though. Yeah, well that that's... was ninety four. So ninety four. Let so let me think. You have to, re again, I'm riding Counting Crows a lot. I'm big time through all the 90s. Big, big time into the Black Crows. Oh, hold on. Hold on a second. I just remembered one. Is this 90s? Remember the super group with Tracy Guns? They did uh, Long Way It's Contraband, dude. Or, have some respect. Contraband. Contraband. Was that 90s? Or was that late 80s? <sighs> was that like 91? Dude, I'm going to say 90s, and here's why. Tracy had short hair then, and he cut his yeah. hair in 88-ish for, I remember, maybe even later than that. It was in the Ballad of Jane videos, the first time I saw him with short hair. And then he did Contraband, and that was like him and Cher, the Vixen, the bass player Bobby for Blotzer, Vixen, right? Blotzer on drums. Michael yep. Schenker was the second guitar player. 
Right. Uh, so Tracy, Michael Schenker, and then the singer who I don't know, Richard something, he sang in Shark Island. Shark Island. Yeah. Yeah, who yeah. toured with, they were pals with Schenker because they toured with MSG as well. Well, um, so uh, like right now, uh, Alex Kane plays with Shark Island. Um, and he, you know, my connection to him is he played on uh, No Saints in the City. He played uh, on that song, actually. So, yes. um, so like Shark Island, do you remember the cover? Wasn't their cover um, all the way to Memphis? That was the uh, Contraband cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I said Shark Island. I meant Contraband. Yeah, Contraband I think is Shark Island did a cover as well, though. <laughs> that well, remember, dude? For some reason, in the late '80s, early '90s, too. And we're off subject just for a second, but um. Well, these are still '90s bands. Mott the Hoople. There were a lot of Hoople covers because you had. Great White did Once Bitten, Twice Shy. You had All the Way to Memphis. Bruce Dickinson did a cover of All the Young Dudes. I, oh, I, it yeah. must have been the time to be uh, be into that. So, anyhow, back to the 90s. Back A movie in the 90s that was pivotal to me, and I'm not sure when it came out, was Singles. Remember yes. the movie Singles? Like, I loved that, and it hit me because I was that age. Like, what they were and how they were then, that's pretty much how my life kind of was. Like I was, but I wasn't one of the cool characters. I was like the dude who said, you know, I live my movie or I live my life like a French movie, Steve, <laughs> you know, and, and his buddy's like, what does that mean? But that soundtrack had some cool stuff on it. Um, that you talk about B-sides from the 90s and kind of that had Pearl Jam State of Love and Trust. It had yep. it had Drown on it from Pumpkins, which is my one of my favorite Pumpkins songs. Um, it had Nearly Lost You by the Screaming Trees, which I think is one of the coolest kind of one hit wonders of the 90s is that song that's the one that i saw um yeah and that's such a sad thing because like sweet oblivion is such a great record from the screaming trees that were they uh, what well first of all mark the singer had a mark lanigan yeah he had a pretty heavy drug problem and i actually have his uh he just passed uh, like within the last six eight months i think oh i thought he'd been dead longer than that I believe it was pretty recently. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah he. I know he struggled. And he had. Because he had a book real recently too. I Ooh, think. I bet that's in the last few years. I bet that's pretty grungy. I'd like to read that. I have a couple of his solo records. I do. I have whiskey the for the. I have whiskey for yeah, the Holy whiskey Ghost. For the Holy Ghost. Yep. That's pretty good. But so I was into all of that. Probably my favorite '90s stuff that wouldn't be either alt country, and that's my. That's all my listening. So through the. 90s you know i'm heavy with old 97s and bands like Slobberbone and go on and on and on br549 and i'm heavy with you and i'm heavy into country at that time radney foster dwight yoakam um you know all that br549 the derailers we're still friends all of that stuff but you know the stuff that i really liked in the 90s were all those one hit wonder things the uh the fastballs and semi-sonic and Yep. All of those bands, but one I really, really liked, and I'm, you're, here's where our friendship will end. You'll be pissed about this. I know it. <laughs> I liked that Dog's Eye View song. Do you remember that? Everything falls apart, and then I, I don't get, remember oh, that. Oh, come on. It is a I thought you were going to say Hadaway, like, don't hurt me. <laughs> Baby, don't, no, but I, no. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. No, See, I, no. I was... I was for a while, I was full on like swing because of the resurgence of swing. So I was into yep. like 
the squirrel nut zippers and the boss tones and yep. the cherry pop and daddies, big bad voodoo daddy. I all liked, those bands. I liked the, I can tell you that the, uh, who was the first one you mentioned? The, first, uh, uh, the squirrel nut zippers. They had the song called hell. Yes. That was they the were single. Like, uh, I think they were from, uh, poss- I think they were from around the same area as like Brian Adams, like uh, North Carolina. Well, oh, yeah, that sounds I'm pretty right. Sure. And did I they think have... like them and the Super Chunk and a bunch of those bands? What got, was what was like, the big... Cherry Poppin' Daddies? Zoot Suit Riot. Zoot Suit Riot, and then like Big Bad too. Voodoo Daddy was. Um, they had the. Um, oh, what's the song? See, I didn't listen. Oh to them. shoot! They well, they were in the movie Swingers. Yeah, I didn't listen to them. I did not listen um, to them. I saw them live once too. Um, but yeah, they were in the movie Swingers. So they how had into you and me and the bottle makes three tonight? How, was how their into hit. how into the swing scene were you? Bowling I, shirt, uh, of course. Okay, I still have my Hager two pants. I still have them. Um, I didn't have any stupid looking shoes, but I did have some bowling type shirts that were polyester. Yep. I, I probably uh, I went still to have Gadzooks it. a few times. I'm oh, uh, Gadzooks, and I had a yeah. chain a chain wallet. Yeah. What were um, was but, were were your tips frosted? Oh, for sure, dude. I had. Did every, you have one of those? Um, dude, I had those, so many different colored hair. Did you have one of those necklaces with the little steel balls? Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of the bigger size. I did not. Okay. I had a Jim Morrison style necklace throughout the '90s that a girl made me. In What's college. that? Explain that to me. Like the neck, you know, his famous shirtless picture. Yep. I'm seeing it. My mind's on this right girl now. in college knew I was a huge doors fan and she made me a necklace like that. Nice. Nice. And then in a drunken fight in a kitchen one night, it got broken. Oh, and I was sorry to hear that. I was sad. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> so back. So but, you had um, a, you had a 90 swing thing, obviously. So I had a swing thing, but my, probably my biggest love outside of all that, that, people might be surprised about was my love for the SoCal style nineties punk, like bands like no use for a name and no effects and bands like that. Dude, my, so, you know, Todd Long, not only made, you know, in the late night, I guess probably two thousands. Um, not only did he make that poppy punk stuff, but he's really into it. Like he knows all that yeah. stuff. And he, it, anything from Fat Records, you know, anything from that label. Just uh, there was there was some bands from out of uh, this country too that were that same. But that style. was that nineties, dude. Late nineties. Yes, like, like 90, do, 95 to ninety nine. When was do it. you see stuff like um, Blink? And is that late nineties? Yeah, yeah. Blink one eighty two. Dude Ranch came out in in the late nineties. Like Green 90s. Day. Green Day was nineties, right? Green Day was earlier, a little bit earlier. Like ninety four was like uh, Dookie, I think. Okay, so so when Green um, Day came, that was kind of that to me. That I was into Green Day. Offspring. I still am into Green Day, dude. My family. I mean, I'm probably the least among us, and I still like them. But my family's pretty heavy on Green Day. Um, my son, I like them. my son likes Avril Lavigne, um, because I think his pet band plays Skater Boy. Okay. Like he, he he's kind of like me too. Like when he's working up songs, 
he really gets into them. Like you'll hear them over and over, like I do if I'm learning something. Or, yeah. See, um, the one hit wonders that I liked though were like um, I sent you one the other day that Hair of the Dog. Yeah. Song, yes. Cadillac yes. Jack. Yep. Yep. And I remember but, that band. I like the schlocky ones too, you know, like uh, Sex and Candy and oh, that's um, a Breakfast great at tune. Tiffany's. That's a great tune. That Breakfast at Tiffany's is such a cool song. Um, it's just that that schlocky pop. It's just but there's cheap, that, but it's it's so catchy and good. It was was um, Dishwalla? Remember that band? Yeah. Who was Breakfast at Tiffany's? That was Deep Blue Something. That was Deep Blue Something. And then, that's the only record I have by that band. What was Dishwalla? Was there? That was uh, if you could uh, only they had see the song Counting the w- Blue Cars. What's that one? That's not if you could only see the way she loves me. That's a different one. That's um, tonic, I think. Tonic. What's the Counting Blue Cars one? Um, what, well, give me one word from tell it. Tell me all your thoughts on God. Oh yeah, I'm on I, my way. yeah, yeah. And I really Richard. like to see her. Yeah. I I love J.R. Richards, the singer. He's I have like two or three of his solo records wow. that are really yeah. cool. He does um. He has a solo record called Stripped that he does um, counting blue cars with. It's like, I think it's just a cello and a piano. It's freaking amazing. Cool. See, they I got. Another, they have other cool songs, though. Like, um, I think Haze was a single. I and I think I um, they had a song called Charlie Brown's Parents. That sounds familiar. Um, Did you like the Spin Doctors? Remember that band? I, I have a couple Spin Doctors records. They yeah. were big in my college music. Um, I mean, if you were into Counting Crows and Lenny Kravitz and all that, you listen to the Spin Doctors. See, I loved, I loved Lenny Kravitz. That was my main ride. But I didn't listen to a ton of Spin Doctors. You know why? See, I have the, was... I have the famous. I have two records. I don't remember what they're called, but I have two of their albums. Yeah, I um, yeah. What what was that one? Spin Doctors. Anyhow, you so the two it was big like hits. Jimmy Olsen's blues. I liked. Or something. I liked the two princes. Remember that song? One, two, two princes. Yeah. And then Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Yeah. Uh, Little Miss, which is about his stepmom. I think those were the only two I liked. But I, I think they that were song almost about his actual stepmom. Oh really? I they, think so. They were a little too um something for me. There's a little too much slap bass, and they were too funky. But I like those okay. two songs a lot. Pocket full of kryptonite is. I got a pocket full of kryptonite. And then turn it upside down is the other record I have. <laughs> See, I liked um, I liked the two couple hit songs. I also during that time, you know, my Lenny Kravitz was I was strong with the Lenny Kravitz. Um, I yep. also was pretty pumped up to be honest with you, and I think this was it was the '90s. I thought Tuesday Night Music Club by Sheryl Crow was a killer record. It is killer record. Yes. When she came out, I I I went full on. But then, but see, that's still kind of rootsy, right? The other yeah. album I I rode into the ground in the nineties. Into the ground. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm hiccuping. Um, I really got into Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Dude, my a buddy of mine and I went and saw her in college at Wing Stadium. And I bet it was killer. Was it killer? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah, he was obsessed. <laughs> Dude, and the funny thing is, my favorite part of Alanis Morissette, this is no lie, and I'm sure everyone says this now, but was Taylor Hawkins. I just thought he was the coolest thing on. I can even tell you that one of the guitar players, who's I don't know their names, one of them played a Jaguar back in the day, and he wore it kind of high. And then they had a ba- the bass player was someone famous. He went on to be famous. Um, you know the, what I'm calling the jagged little pill band. You know the right. one you'd see. But T- 
Taylor Hawkins is what got me. I thought he was the coolest thing in that band and the coolest. He was just cool. I loved watching him play. Uh, he reminded well, it's me. Because you uh, used to play with a drummer that was like him. Yeah, God. right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I like, dude. That's what I like. I like. I like people who play like that. So, do you remember the band Naked from the nineties? No. They had a song called "Man's Chinese." Uh uh-uh, uh I got nothing for that. That is no. Uh uh-uh. uh Huh. I like okay. the sound of they, it. That was the. It started. I think it started out which. Um, I know I've asked you about this, and I'm on the fence about it. I prefer to not hear hand claps, but um, how are you with police sirens in songs? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sometimes it's like, what Dude, the you're looking around in your car. <laughs> can I confess something? I'm going to confess right now. So there's a new Ghost of Sunset song on the new record coming out in February, and it's uh, it name checks Tokyo. Well, in this little breakdown with a fuzzy guitar, I do the which is more like a Paris kind of siren sound, but I do it on guitar. Okay, yeah. And and, and I loved it. I mean, it sounds cool. It's not like predominant. You can hear it. Um, and I liked it when I did it. And then it bothers me to this second that I don't necessarily know what sirens in Tokyo sound like. And if I could go back, I would try to do that on guitar. That's how petty and simple I am about this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, sirens, hand claps I love. We talked about that. Sirens are okay. A little noises are cool to me. I mean, I've always liked that. Um, but yes, you could overuse all of that stuff. But then again, I think that once you get a keyboard that has string noises, you can get over, you know, you can use, because it just fills stuff up that, you hit this key like a chord and you get all this these parts and it fills up so much space it almost keeps you from having to create extra musical parts to fill that space if that makes any sense in the sonic oh, okay. landscape of things but yeah i like all those things i was more you know like i said Alanis Morissette Paula Cole if you remember her oh yeah where, where have all, all the cowboys, cowboys gone i love that song great song yeah you know what else i loved here you go i'm going to br- i'm pulling it out big time right now I liked, oh shit, what was the name of the band? Uh, 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 I think they were called like OMC or something like that. They had a song called How Bizarre. How Bizarre, yeah. I love that tune. I love that tune right now. That's a great tune. There's nothing to it. It, I don't even know what to call it. It might be rapish, but the dude was kind of, I don't know what his nationality was, but he was a suave dresser and he was, you know, he's a pocket square kind of guy, you know? And there were so many of those, oh, yeah. Dude, that, that's the best part about the 90s is besides the tonics and semisonics and, and screaming, you had like the grunge guys. There was grunge stuff that would pop out and go away too. And I even liked Bush, the band Bush. Remember them? See, I, I never cared for them. I didn't mind the two songs. Um, Everything Zen was the first one. And then the other one I liked was uh, Breathe In, oh, Breathe Out, Breathe In, Breathe Out, Breathe In. Maybe Machine Head. I think it was, yeah, called- it was the one where I, I think it was at a show. I said to you and Greg Miller, I was like, what's that Bush song where he starts yelling She-Ra for some reason? <laughs> She-Ra! She-Ra! There should be a song that does that. I, I never... So it, you weren't it, in on Bush. You were in on the punk. Because I never was a Pearl Jam guy. I like, you know yeah. what song? I like probably five songs from Pearl Can Jam. Can I, then Then if we're going to sit and here you know and argue about I Pearl Jam. I used to stand on the altar of 10 is one of the greatest albums of all time. And you changed now, your mind? I, I don't want to hear it anymore. It, because it was played too much? 
I don't know if it's that. Dude, that here, I don't know. So let's just say it. Let's just say it. Nirvana was a garage band, which is cool. I'm not. They're a garage band. Pearl Jam's an arena band. That's the difference. They're, I they're came more up, Neil Young and Who, which is which is not my. But it's, you can't it's say my ride, right? But you can't say Nirvana. What is Nirvana? They're more punk. They're not. If if Pearl Jam is the Who, right? We said. What did you say? The Who and uh, Neil, Young. Neil Young. Then Nirvana is what? Because they're not the Stones or the Beatles or the Doors. I, I, the romantics and see, the Vaselines or something. See, I, don't know. I think Nirvana is more like I don't know the Trogs or so. I, you know what I mean? They're just like a garage band. Them, they're just. I mean, the songs are cool. Don't get me wrong. Every Nirvana hit that I've heard, I like. I mean, that's everything for. And I don't even know them by name. You know, I know the Warbly Chorus one, which I think is "Come as You Are." The guitar has that Warbly, yeah. cool chorus, which I think is like a. Small stone pedal. God, I'm a nerd. Um, and then, you know, I like Smells Like Teen Spirit. I like uh, All Apologies. I All those Nirvana songs I like. And I've grown to even like Kurt Cobain. Like, I didn't like him back then. The whole thing. Dude, as much of a dipshit as I am, and I think we all know that. I'm not very bright. And, and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of an every dude. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I am about as. I'm the dude that you should base most of your, like, research on because i'm right in the middle of america i'm like simple i have a routine i'm not super smart but i'm not the <laughs> dumbest dude on earth you know i hit i live right in the middle there boom that's that's where i live even i the slacker lifestyle as much as i love jay and silent bob and cheech and chong and everyone who's a slacker too much of that shit bothers me dude too and it's because well, i'm wired hmm. a certain way there's, I don't know, it's... Pearl Jam didn't seem for, like slackers to me. They seem focused and driven. I, and they, I think for me, the reason I don't... I think that's probably the same reason why I don't like um, Nevermind is, is the overplayed thing. Well, that happens. Because too. the only song that really got overplayed from Bleach was about a girl because they, they let off Unplugged with... Um, this is off our first record. Most people don't own it. Well, you know what I like is um, they had they and I think maybe on Unplugged, I always thought a lot of Kurt or whoever. I'm a guessing Kurt Cobain probably called most of the shots for that thing, but um, they did like a cover of Knoxville Girl, which is a old timey song that I love. Um, Nirvana covered that. Have you ever heard that? Uh, I don't think so. They check it well, out, dude. I mean, like the cut he picked. Yeah, he picked like um, "Man Who Sold the World," He's which a, is great. You know, Bowie fan, which and is Bowie great. Was, which is Bowie great. was thought it was so cool, um, dude. And they did great. And with you it. know, like one of Kurt Cobain's favorite bands in the whole world was the Smithereens, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, mean, I I've come to appreciate. I guess the problem for me was it's, early on when people it was, don't name check the Smithereens. Right, every day. I do. I love those. So. Guys. Yeah, I mean. So, so uh, off Nirvana, back to our '90s picks. Uh, don't forget my other big '90s ride, really big through the '90s. I was various rap music. Oh yeah, like there, I was loving all of that stuff. As a matter of fact, we still, our family right now, is still. My son recently discovered um, 
Eminem and Dr. Dre like forgot about Dre and a couple of those songs. Oh yeah. And I listened to the song Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster about weekly here at home. Well, and we were just rocking the other night. We're listening to Forgot About Dre. Then we listened to Dre Day and Snoop and all that. And I was trying yeah, the to chronic tell... is a that's a heavy hitting record. Dude, just all the when Doggy Style came out and the the chronic, those two records. They got me really excited. I liked Easy 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 Does It too. That was kind of his solo yep. record. Um, I Cube. We were listening to it was a good day. I wasn't as into when Cube split from NWA and from Dre and from everybody. I was a little bummed about that because um, I liked NWA and I I owned NWA and the Posse when it came out. I've told that story where I thought it was like a comedy album, um, right? But so there was the rap thing, too. There was the grungy one hit things where even the like it wasn't even grungy. It was kind of pop like semi-sonic and fastball and tonic and uh, dishwall and all. Those were kind of pop bands, yeah, right? Splendor and God's Child. And yeah. Um, what was the oh, there was some other ones mixed in. Was there. Matchbox 20 in the 90s? Matchbox 20. Yeah, because um, in <clears throat> when I was working at BIM. I saw the refreshments were going to be at um, the St. Andrews Music Hall and the opening, they were opening for this band called Matchbox 20. Oh, so wow. I went by, I went by myself. Oh, wow. Because I knew, because none of my friends listened to the refreshments. I went because I wanted to see them. And as soon as I got back, like, I think I had to work the next day. I bought the Matchbox 20 record. It's really good. So impressed with their show. Yeah. I, I guess we're supposed to like, especially I, I think if we were the guys we didn't want to be when we started doing this, this podcast, we could kind of start, you know, we would try to name check, you know, like, oh, Matchbox 20, that's stupid. And, you know, I didn't listen to that's just well-crafted yeah. pop music, dude. Those two guys that started this show are not the same guys that are talking right now. Well, I just would never want to. I just would not <laughs> want to deny the fact that 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 Matchbox 20 album There's is so, so How many singles did that have? A that million. record had? At uh, least five? Dude, it was, it was like this adult contemporary hysteria. It was one of those yeah. albums, right? There you, that's beautiful. Do you Holy rem- crap. That's... Is that That's, not that should be on a t-shirt? It is. I mean, I Matchbox mean, it's, 20, adult contemporary hysteria. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. That's a comp. But d- there were also I got into like That's a lot. I got into a lot of one off, um, not one off, but like uh single female artists. Do you remember uh even even though I'd known her before, but like Sean Colvin in the 90s had Sonny Came Home. I thought that was a killer song. Do you have you ever heard that song? I remember the song. Yep. I never, I never got into her. Yeah, see, um, I loved her. I it, was Tori, you know. Yes, you were. I that's was right. Dedicated to Tori. I liked, um, I liked the Joan Osborne record though, with the one of us on it. Oh that's yeah, a good record. Well, there was also you forget too in the nineties too. There was stuff like, um, and I was blown away when these get when I heard these guys. I actually thought. Outcast was like one of the coolest things I'd ever heard. Outcast is great, yeah. And 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 but they're also like you remember in the nineties too, you had the Beastie Boys had cool stuff and Outcast and there was but those are the ones that all the people who wanna sound cool will name Fat Boy Slim. I like that record. Yeah, I liked um The uh You Come a Long Way Baby, I think it's called. And of course the nineties I think was Oasis. 
Oasis for sure. And, um, and I got into Space the- Hog was a I loved Space Hog. I saw them with Oasis. I liked all the um the Ned Natalie Imbruglia. Remember that girl Torn? I think was her song. I liked her. I really yep. liked the Lisa Loeb single "Stay." I thought that was really good. Um, that was that was from I believe Reality Bites from a, from a phenomenal '90s movie. Yes, Reality Bites. And uh, so all of that stuff. And you know, if it was like a Lauren Hill song, I liked that. Um, I didn't listen to Dave a, Pernier was in that movie. I didn't. That's right. I didn't listen to a lot of. Um, a lot oh, of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yeah, that was a huge album. It, it's one of those like legendary records that I've never sat down and listened to. I, I it, it was highly, you From know, front to back. It was highly decorated. I didn't listen to it much more than the singles, but you know, I also liked for a hot second in the late '90s. I I was pretty hot on Jay Z. I got into um, his uh, unplugged is fantastic. That's the album I bought. That's yeah, the album. His, that's his, great. Um, his acoustic version of H the Izzo is yeah. is is really really super duper good. I mean, the whole album's really good. He and, does a um, he does a collaboration record or whatever you want to call it, a mashup record with Lincoln Park called Collision Course. That's really oh, cool that's too. Cool. Where they mash up his songs with their songs. Oh yeah. I bet that'd be it's cool. Awesome. It's really cool. And I wish and I could. I mean, just, yeah, Jay Z does. There's stuff like, I, I'm a He's huge Lil Wayne fan too. Okay. And he does, they have a song because they're both, they're both named, uh, his last name is Carter. Oh, I didn't know. So, yeah, hey, Mr. Carter, Lil Wayne's got a song that Jay Z is on and it's so cool. Yeah, see, I was never. Because he's Sean Carter and Wayne is Wayne Carter. I was never into Lil Wayne. Um, or Lil John. I love Lil Wayne. Or Lil anyone, really, I guess. Yeah, I like um, Lil Wayne. He's great. It's a shame, too, that I, I really can't discuss at length all the 90s, like, um, all the 90s Americana stuff I was into, because there was just so much of it, dude. I just like so much of that 90s. Were you into stuff. Jeff Buckley, or were you into Jeff nope. Buckley after nope. he died? Nope, nope, never. Never into Jeff never. Buckley? Nope. Okay. Was Jeff, did Jeff Buckley do the... Did he have the famous Hallelujah cover? Hallelujah, yeah, the cover. So, dude, I, which is a great song, right? And if I never hear that tune again, I'm fine. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, agreed. But it's uh, the it's, song uh, itself is genius. See, my one of my best friends, uh, Michael Getchow, was a huge Leonard Cohen fan. And well, that's yeah. I told my wife every time I would go when he moved when he got out of the Marine Corps. And he started going to Western Michigan University. I would go visit him at his apartment. I would go in there and there would be one of two things playing. Leonard Cohen or the movie Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater, which was his favorite movie of all time. Oh, you know what, dude? I wonder if I should give 90s props. Of course I should. I was in college. So when I was at Grand Valley, I took a film theories class. And what you did is you picked a movie and you basically studied it. All semester. It was What'd your you pick. I picked Do the Right Thing. Okay. And um, so during that time, I got heavy, heavy, heavy into public enemy too. I really like I still like public enemy. I still think they're 
you know, kind of the clash of rap bands, if that makes any sense. Of rap, yeah, bands. I never got into them either. I love them. I love Public Enemy, and I love, and some of it is that movie, you know. But some of it too. I, I mean, I, I want to be Joe Cool guy and be like, well, I was into Public Enemy because I'm from the streets. I kind of got into them. <laughs> the Anthrax connection. If it wasn't for Anthrax, I wouldn't. I, I yeah. would have had. It's amazing all the. That's like a gateway. All the metal and butt rock I listen to, as much as people make fun of it and try to, you know, try to act like they're better than it, there were artists within that genre who were really open to a lot of things, dude, that you wouldn't think they were, but all of a sudden you would get like Anthrax and Public Enemy, or or you'd have Richie Kotzen would be covering stuff, or, you know, these bands would pick covers and then I would get into the... You know, as much as I love the Rolling Stones and I love the Rolling Stones, you know, Guns N' Roses covered Dead Flowers. And, you know, you'd there was just a lot of that. Those guys, people forget that the butt rock guys of the 80s yeah. were children of the 70s, dude. So, well, and, and, yeah, and even was, in the 60s. I was listening to, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, show ideas for 2023 and... So I'm listening to this band Junkyard that we both loved the mm-hmm, other night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I hear Sam Cook, I hear Ray Charles, I hear ZZ Top. Dude, that's the other so thing. So don't make, you know, people that make fun of that shit, they just have never listened. They to don't it. know it, right? And, They've and never even, listened to it. Here's here's another thing. They just it's all by looks. Well, it's hard, right? I mean, in hindsight, I, and I don't, we're going to take a side street. I realized that no. the first Poison album, exactly, stay on topic. We're such topic-focused <laughs> people. But, like, the first Poison album, you see that album cover. And, I mean, dude, honest to God, in 1986, me and the homies all said the same thing every pubescent yeah. boy did. Those chicks are good look, you know, right? They look like yeah. girls. So they're lambasted the rest of their careers. Done. And And to be honest with you, dude, I'm sorry to say this. I don't care for Brett Michaels anymore. I just don't. I don't either. No Never offense did, to him. But... Well, I, I he I liked him for a while, and then something happened, dude. It, and it happened to John Bon Jovi. It happens to a lot of people I care about um, that I like. They switch over, and the persona becomes bigger than the person, and they start playing. Now Brett Michaels yeah. is a dude who plays Brett Michaels. Like, John Bon Jovi's for, a dude who plays yeah. John Bon Jovi. For me, it's, um, it's the clean-voiced guys I wasn't as into, like, the... I loved the music, but I wasn't into as into bands like Firehouse and Danger Dude, Danger. But the the cleaner voice I guys wasn't didn't either. appeal to me as much. I I wasn't. I, I didn't either. hate it. Me I just, neither. I didn't like, hate I, it, and I didn't. I owned love every Poison it. album. Don't get me wrong. I bought them all. I loved Poison because Poison. I loved Bobby Doll, and I loved CC. Yeah. and I liked That's Poison why. because they they had. Those songs are have, the songs were cool. Are punky yeah. three minute catch, like the the Danger Dangers and Firehouses and Steel Hearts and Todd really likes those bands and they're they're great. Those weren't really my ride. Um, there like you said, there was just something there that didn't. Maybe it just wasn't dirty the enough. Singers for just me. sounded too nice. Yeah, yeah it's not dirty or, enough. I, but There's... oddly enough, you know, I love like Iron Maiden and that's about as operatic, you know, kind of vocal style. But yes, you're right. It's the it's the difference between the, it's the difference between junkyard and firehouse. Or yeah, whatever. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to smell potpourri while my music's playing. I want to smell like you know an old ashtray and, and oil and gasoline and you know stale beer and things like that. So back, <laughs> back exactly. 
but so I was rounding this to the '90s. The Black Crows, who I was into in the '90s, they went through like three, four different image—not image changes, but you know, looks and stuff in the phases. '90s. Phases. Yeah, they had the Lions phase where they were yeah. like uh, you know hippy dippy. Well, Jerry Cantrellish, or not Jerry Cantrell, Jerry Garcia. Well, that was Chris. You know, Chris Robinson, I think, would lead the Crows, and I get they, that. I get they that. They almost they almost lost me on that record. See, I get it because <clears throat> it happens. It's like. If you're making up songs, um, you have a tendency to what you're into at that time. You, right. It, you know what I mean? And Chris yes, was exactly. so into the Grateful Dead and the hippie scene, and he wanted to be that so bad that he started taking the crows there. And that was the argument between like him and Rich like, and even Steve Gorman. It was like, dude, nobody comes to these shows to listen to us play Grateful Dead covers, dude. They want to hear right. our songs. And, and Chris yeah. wanted to play covers and noodle. and, But anyhow... They went through all those looks and stuff, and a lot of those '90s bands that we say, you know, didn't have a look. They did, like the Matchbox Twenty. The look of those guys, you know, I remember the guys in Matchbox Twenty would be in like promo photos wearing turtleneck sweaters. You know, those big. I had one, kind of ribbed, you know, and then, you know, that that was a look. The that necklace I talked about with the big round metal B. You know, it was all yeah. a thing. But some shells. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Frosted tips, the whole thing. Oh yeah. Um, which is no different than, you know, the guys the guys in Pearl Jam who who The Mark the, McGrath look was quite famous ex- in the nineties. Dude, exactly. The Mark thank you. That's exactly it. Right. Right. The the dudes in lit. I remember seeing the lit guys yeah. and they sort of AJ were, and Jeremy. They yep. were sort of rocking that loungy look, right? Those big loungy shirts. I think I had a couple of them. I'm sure I did. Um, you could get away, but there was definitely a look and a formula to some of those '90s bands, and even like Pearl Jam, who were so anti—you know—they were every man, right? There was still something to it. There was still a a look to it. Why Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and they all kind of looked similar, you know? It was a look. I'm sure they dressed that way because of their you know, they probably wore flannel shirts because it was cold. It's cold up there, you know. Right. I mean, I was wearing flannel shirts long before grunge music because we got flannel shirts in the winter because it's cold, right? It's Michigan. Right. So other 90s stuff. Is there any other 90s stuff that sticks to you that you really remember being into? Well, there the movie Swingers, which was a huge 90s movie with yes. Vince Vaughn and John Cav or uh John Favreau. There the soundtrack to that movie is absolutely fantastic. And there is a song on that soundtrack called um, oh, Paid for Lovin'. It's by this band called Love Jones. Um, Sounds familiar. They're like, they're like a loungy, poppy, it's like poppy lounge music. Um, I wonder how that happened. They were, they were discovered. I'll tell you how it happened. They were discovered by Maynard James Keenan. Oh, wow. From Tool, who pushed the label he was on at the time, I think, to sign this band. And then um, John Favreau, I don't know how he got a hold of it, but it was in the movie Swingers, you know, which is like one of those uh, didn't really do that well, I don't think, at the theaters, but became a classic, like, you know, Caddyshack or something. But uh, so that record is just, it's really good. Uh, It's called Here's to the Losers. It's by, 
The band is called Love Jones. They did another one in like 98, probably called Powerful Pain Relief, I want to say, huh. which wasn't as good, but um, I loved that one. Another record that is an all-time favorite, like we've talked about, uh, you know, our all-time favorite Rolling Stone top 10 list. Our, right. We talked about doing like a B list of that show, like an alternate universe list. Yeah, what's yours? Well, one of mine, next to Radiohead for the 90s, there was two records that I absolutely loved. One of them was by this band called The Laws. Okay. And they have a famous poppy song. It's maybe it's got an argument for one of the greatest pop songs ever written. It's called there she goes. There she goes. Yeah. That's a good song. That, that are the laws. Oh, you know, I would confuse them with the other band. Um, you're going to be mad too. There was a, I confuse them sometimes with that band that had a, Oh God, what were they? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie oh, world. Aqua something. Aquarama. That's not right. It's Aqua something, I think. Yeah. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I don't know. Remember yeah. that? I mean, that was a one hit thing that was there was so much of that like weird the, stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. The greatest record probably next to the Benz in the nineties. It was by the band called the Pulsars. I have I've heard of them. I have nothing it's for them. It's two brothers. They're from like I don't know, somewhere in the Midwest, I think. Minnesota or something, possibly. But they put out this one. It's like I loosely say this. Techno power pop. Oh wow. There's hints of techno. I it's loosely techno. But the, the, I think the hit song they had was called Suffocation. Huh. But that record is so good. And there was always rumors that there was another one that they did soon after it. And I think that came out in 2021. I think it's called like the lost record or something like that. Huh. And I'm pretty sure they did a brand new one in 2022, which I haven't got yet. But because um, I'm still listening to that record from 97. It's so good. <laughs> See, that's... Uh... So if you were listening to music, like there's other, again, I'm not going into hair metal bands, but I will say this, that in the, if you were still hanging on as a hair metal band in the nineties, they're overlooked, but those bands were trying their hardest to become quote unquote credible. And so you had yeah, some like, pretty good albums. I mean, don't forget the, the Motley Crue record with John Karabi is really good. It's, it's the second best Motley Crue record. You had like Circus of Power put out good records. Circus in the 90s. of Power, um, you know, Rat became Arcade. Remember, Steven went over to Arcade. Yep. They had some cool I saw stuff. Those guys. Um, I'm trying to stay away from that stuff, and so I'm gonna name check a '90s band that I I'm sure I I know I've spoken about at length, but I remember how into them I was, and then, again in '90 and on, um. You know, Queensryche made great records, uh, a lot of hard rock, metal. Ba I mean, Christ, what? The Black Album came out in 91. 91, yep. So you have a a, a decade of, of Metallica being the biggest band in the world. Uh, but I really liked Warrior Soul, Last Decade, Dead Century, Drugs God, The New Republic. Those are early 90s records. Um, yep. I, well, shoot, dude, Sponge. I think Rotting Pinata came out in the 90s. That 94, was, 95, yeah, that was 93, great. I think was the first one or the, you know, the 
plowed and molly. Yeah, which is rotting pinata, right? Rotting pinata. Yeah. There you go. So uh, again, there's there's also I like a one-off '90s tune. It's not a one-off. It's a one-hit wonder. Um, that band Sullivan, uh, that song Sullivan oh, by Spine. Caroline Spine. <laughs> yeah, which is a killer song. Um, again, all those hard rock bands that really tried to either. I mean, Poison had a great 90s record called Native Tongue with Richie. We've talked about that. Uh, they tried to get... Cry of Love. Oh, yep. That's really good. Brother Kane. Uh, yep. There's, but staying away from that kind of hard rock genre, I guess. Um, there were 90s country. Um, some of it was really bad. I just didn't like. And I had I actually had a friend over the, over the weekend who's into... Um, he's into 80s kind of country stuff like we were listening to some song and and i'm like who is this he's like dude it's george jones i'm like yeah but it's 80s george jones i could tell by yeah and he pulls up his phone he's like yeah man it's 1980 i'm like yeah i can hear that so the production of that stuff didn't appeal to me but in the 90s when we got dwight yoakam and radney foster and um you know steve earl was making great records lucinda williams all that stuff was that would be steady listening for me. The Jayhawks through the '90s, steady listening for me. Um, yep. On the local front, you know, or, I was into some Texas guys like Mark Chestnut in the '90s. He he actually had the song "Friends in Low Places" first, and oh, really? It, yeah, just it it, it was on <laughs> his record called "Too Cold at Home," and then I think Garth just released it first i just didn't like that kind of stuff yeah, one i of don't them wrote it, i don't but, know what's yeah. wrong with me some of that i didn't like but like when dwight came out it was a little edgier and radney foster those guys were more like 50s 60s buck owens type stuff versus yeah. the more country politan 70s songs and then well she, you know me in texas and i've been mark right? chestnut's a texas guy so i i loved like all the all the Texas guys. Well, and but... you know, like in that in that genre too, in the '90s, country music in the '90s got incredibly big. I mean, in, yeah, where... with Alan Jackson, oh, and dude, Garth, Garth Brooks, Brooks and, and Shania yeah. Twain's record George came out. Straight got Faith, huge. Faith Hill, um, uh, Tim McGraw, all that stuff got really, and that was the weirdest damn thing to see too. Like a lot of cats that I grew up with who were metal guys or rock and roll dudes went full on into that. They were into country. You'd ask them, and they'd, they'd say they like country. And then you'd play them like an old Haggard tune or something, and they didn't like that kind of country. Like, you'll still hear people say to this day that they like country music, but they don't like twangy country music. So really what they yeah. like is they like Doobie Brothers records and, and Boston records and Journey records where you take the lead guitar out and put a fiddle in. Yeah, I don't know what that means, though, because I've had people say that, like, to me, like, um, I remember I used to work with a guy, I gave him, um, it's either me or my father-in-law. We gave him a Todd Snyder record and he said it was too twangy. And then I gave him a Wayne the Train record and he loved it. So yeah, twangy what, is what a, the hell's twangy to you? You know? I, I, yeah, right. I, I know <laughs> I know that I still do this. Todd Snyder's not nasally or twangy. I at don't all. think at all. Where's that dude from? Is Todd Snyder from the West Coast from Seattle area? Todd is from, I think he's from Oregon. Yes, yes, born. yes, 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 yes. That feels right. Yeah. That feels right. I knew it was up there in like the Northwest, you know? Because um, he's got, doesn't he have that song called like uh, something about, because didn't D.B. Cooper allegedly land somewhere near where Todd grew up? 
Yes, there is a song he's got about D.B. Cooper, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, has a yes, song called D.B. Cooper. He does, yeah. So as we wrap up our rambling uh, 90s, what if you had to pick a, a, a song for you that defined 1990s, what would it be? Oh. Both one you liked and then just maybe one that you would think the general public would associate with the 90s. See, there's one. I can't think. I think The Laws sums up the 90s or songs like um, yeah. Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Those songs. They're good, um, though, right? I mean, know, those are like, good uh, songs, dude. Yeah, Name, Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, those songs sum up yeah, the 90s. Yeah, yes, but Goo Goo Dolls for a sure. A song that you and everyone that listens to this show might think that I would love, and I have detested this band and this song, oh. and I, don't ask me why. I, I don't. Wait. I don't have a good reason. I have nothing against the people in this band, but I hate the song "Possum Kingdom" by the Toadies. Is that by the lake tonight? By my oh side? my god, do I despise that? You know what song? Yeah, that was a bar. Uh, there must. I've never learned that, but it must be fairly oh. easy to learn because it was. Um, it's pretty popular on the bar. Talk scene. about schlocky. Bullshit pop. It's almost that's kind of like nineties grunge. 90s by numbers. That's nineties by numbers. It really. is color by numbers um, from the nineties. There's another song though that I always oh wow, shoot, we covered it in a band. I had a band short-lived cover band called Sugar Rush that did just 90s stuff. Um before Did you do Ned's Atomic Dustbin? We did that. <laughs> we did Gray Cells Green in a band. That's did you do Dag? Uh, no, we did dig though. Believe dig. Yep. Yep. Believe. Yep. But there was a band. Um, and I always associate it with a Possum Kingdom song. Um, uh, shoot. Uh, Mary Moon, she's a vegetarian. Oh Maybe, yeah, that uh, was in, Dead Eye um, Dick. Dead Eye Dick. Dead Eye Dick. Was the name yeah, of the band. I was in Dumb and Dumber. Yep. I liked that song a lot too. And and Pete that, Droge, that 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 got into Dumb and Dumber. That was cool. Yeah. Was that? Uh, you know how that ended up on there. If you don't if you love, love me, I'll, I'll kill, kill myself. myself. Yeah, yeah I, when they're making the snowman. <laughs> I love those guys, man. I love Pete Droge and the Sinners big time. That was probably one I was rocking to. And that's the other thing about any era of my listening. If if I can take a band and connect them to things that are in my DNA already, I'm halfway right. there. I mean, I again. Yeah, if you're like if you're into Tom Petty, how are you not into Pete Droge and the Sinners? And, and in my world, it's like if you're into. Like if you like cheap trick and the cars and stuff like that, well then you're gonna love the great affairs. And big um, star and yes, yeah, poppy and music. I, like that. I don't yep. understand. I guess I don't understand how you could like poppy, well done songs and not like bands like the Great Affairs or I mean, I don't know how people don't think, you know, I mean Butch Walker is a genius. I mean, all he does so much. I can follow his phases, and I love Butch Walker, and he's a legendary dude. I mean, he is. He's a legendary dude. But you can see when he gets into something, too. Yes, because I, his, his next album will mirror what he's dude, been listening yes, to. Yes, just like anyone it's else. so great. I mean, his he had, I don't know where the connection is, but my guess is, no, I'm sure of it. I think Butch became a Ryan Adams fan, then Ryan produced Butch, and because... That was Ryan, a pre, uh, produced "Afraid of Ghosts." Um, Ryan, well, and Ryan wrote some of the guitar parts and helped on um, "Stay Gold" as well. Yeah, see, I think so. If you watch Butch, you can sort of see what he's into and who he's yes. into, and I sort of like that. I mean, 
he's still Butch Walker. The songs are still his. They're still really good. Um, I told you, I, I, and I, I should, I'll probably buy it today and listen to it on the way to practice. Um, but the new album, Glenn, whatever it's yeah, called. It's I, great. Dude, the two songs. I heard that first song, um, Holy Water Hangover. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not even into it. Uh, two days later, I'm, I was listening to it a hundred times over. And you know yeah. what? Then the next stuff that comes through me will probably be informed by that. And Butch does that. And you can even look at the way he looks and dresses. Yeah. Um, so when he had, um, oh, God, what's the album with the weight of her on it and um, going back and going home? Uh, oh, that's uh, Sycamore Meadows? That one. That's a real singer-songwritery thing. And, and, and the spade was when he was playing with a band and, you know, something yep. like the Stones. And it, yeah. And the one before it, too, I liked you better when you had, no, had heart. no heart. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, we're back talking about Butch Walker. And we've talked about Butch Walker and The Great Affairs, so we can end this episode because we've covered all those important things. And The Great Affairs' Did we new mention... Christmas song dude, is so awesome. So, <laughs> so great. do you want to hear something that sucks, dude? This sucks. You know what, though? I had the evil Knievel that could do the clip. I did, too. I did, too. I had G.I. Joe, too. I didn't have G.I. Joe. I was never into G.I. Joe. Oh, I love G.I. Joe. I got into the little guys, not the big ones. The 70s ones were cool, okay. but I was... Because you couldn't put those big guys in any, any... If you had a vehicle from something else, you could... Like, you could get a G.I. Joe little guy to run the... He could fly the Millennium Falcon. He could fit. Yeah, see, but the I had big Star ass, Wars guys. The big-ass G.I. Joe guys. Well, G.I. Joes were different, too, because they bend it at their knees and elbows. And I wasn't crazy about that. They got a little sloppy, uh, you know. <laughs> but anyhow... They get all loose. And, they get yeah. all loose, and they don't pose anymore. Anyhow, so I made a... <laughs> So, <laughs> Ghost of Sunset, this is just an aside. But we have uh, had this song and for not the album that's coming out in 2023, but the one we're working on now. And um, and it was kind of 80s. I mean, it wasn't kind of 80s sound. And this shit sounded like The Cure. It was cool. But, nice. you know, we worked on it for like a week. And then, uh, as per usual, one of us was like, and maybe Todd was like, dude, it's not happening, is it? It's like, no, it's too much that way. I so I say to Todd, listen, I had this crazy idea. Let's make this thing a, a Christmas song. We'll make it a Christmas song. And Todd's like, well, that might be okay, you know, humoring me, I'm sure. So we go into a meeting with the new record label, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna pitch the idea, my Christmas song idea, dude. Shot down. <laughs> They're like, uh, hey, you know, uh, every that's a saturated market, and you're probably too. Because I thought we could turn the recording end of it out in a couple weeks. And and have it before Christmas. This was weeks ago. Right. And I got shot down, dude. Boom, boom, boom. No go. You suck. Um, no, they didn't say that. But they're like, no, it's you know, everybody's going to do that. It's And then the Great Affairs come out with a kick-ass Christmas song. Yes. That every year, they're going to have the Great Affairs Christmas song. And it's great. It's not just a good Christmas song. It's not throwaway. It's as good as their catalog. And it's super cool. Like I cool. said, instant classic. Instant classic, yeah. But you know, so before yeah, so I knew, go check out Santa Lost My List from the Great so Affairs. It's on good. YouTube. It's uh, it's <laughs> everywhere. Please buy it too. Go buy it. Yeah. I bought it. It's With so, me too. It's I so love great. those guys, man. And and you know, what what else can we say? There's just nothing good other than there's nothing um, else to say about that Christmas single other than I had that idea too, and they shot me down. Um, <laughs> and the new, uh, have you gotten the new Tuck Smith record yet? I have not got that. I'm still on 
the newest Town Mouse record and that other band I told you I'm yeah. riding hard lately called the Dolly Rots. Yes, yes. We'll make sure so when you get a chance. I gotta, I gotta get that. Swing yes. over to that Tuck record. That's really good too. All right. So you got any? Uh, any? I, let me ask you this: Will your closing statements today be '90s? I believe it is. All right, lay it on us. There's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude. They don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Thanks, everyone. I know that quote, by the way. (laughs) Clerks. See ya. See ya.